And good morning and welcome into the Wealth Guardians Radio Show. I'm Doug Ray, your host, and with me is Mr. Bryce Payne, who never ceases to amaze me with his skills as a board op. So if he doesn't make it as a financial advisor, he can certainly be a board op in some radio station. As we're about to go dead air here for some (laughs) button that I press. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, everybody out there. I hope you're having a great weekend so far. Doug, how are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing real good. You know what time of year it is. Uh, It's hot. It's summer. (laughs) It's it's hot. It's the hot time of year. It's also football, college football season. It starts this weekend. This weekend. And Nebraska is playing, I think, Illinois. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, you, uh, you know, I used to live in Lincoln. Did you really? Lived in Lincoln. Had a paper route. Was actually Tom Osborne's paper boy. No kidding. True story. And uh, used to collect some of that paper money and would hop on a bus. This was back in the days when I... 10-year-old kid could hop on the bus by himself mm-hmm. and would go down to uh, Cornhusker Stadium and would buy a used ticket off of somebody, didn't care where I sat, and would sit there and watch Jarvis Redwine run up and down the field. That was back when Nebraska and Oklahoma Sooners had their really, really oh, good rivalry yeah, remember, back at the time. I remember that. My, uh, my best friend was an avid Nebraska fan. His, uh, his dad was from Nebraska. And, uh, you know, even though he and I went to East Carolina, he just – Nebraska was his favorite football yeah. team. Yeah, I, li- I lived in Bled, the uh, the old uh, Big Red back then. Yes, I did. And then I went to – ended up going to CU, Colorado, and had to change my colors. Yeah, well, okay. But uh, anyway, uh, looking forward to it. We finally got some college football going our way. You know, I used to be a big NFL fan, and I've – over the years, drifted more toward the NCAA. I see a lot better rivalries going on there than I do in the NFL. No, no doubt about it. Well, folks, I think we've got a great show for you today. We've got a mailbag full of questions. Also, I'm going to give you a market update uh, at the top of the second segment after we come back with an answer to the trivia question. So stay tuned for that because things have definitely changed. And even though we're hitting highs in the indexes, uh, things are not looking good in terms of the setups. So this is not a show you want to miss or, or tune out. So, Doug, let's give our shout-out uh, to our uh, soldiers, our men and women in uniform out there. I know it's not easy times, and uh, you guys have been pulling the weight for this country for a long time, and we just want to take a moment here at the Wealth Guardians and tip our hats to you and thank you and your families for the sacrifices you have made for this country. We appreciate it, and you're in our thoughts. Absolutely. Especially folks over there still in Afghanistan. God bless you. Yes. Yes, indeed. Hopefully that turns out as good as it can. All right, Doug. So we've got listener questions again here. We've slacked off on this a little bit. We're trying to catch up. And we've got important questions here. And the first one comes from Charles in Louisville. Charles, hi. Charles says, Doug and Bryce, I've been very blessed and I probably have more money and investments than I'll need during my life. What should I do? Should I start giving away money to my kids and grandkids now so that they don't have to worry as much about estate taxes and probate costs? Or what should I do? And that's from Charles in Louisville. Well, Charles, that's a good question. And, you know, there's a lot of ways you can attack that one. You know, you certainly can start giving money away, no no doubt about it. You might not want to do it that way because you never know what's going to come down, uh, you know, in in your future. Well, you might need this money for something. But you could also – talk about uh, buying some life insurance if you want to pass on something tax-free to those kids and grandkids. Life insurance is a great way to transfer wealth. What do you think, Bryce? Yeah, no, absolutely. If you've got uh, more money than you know what to do with and you certainly have some legacy goals, life insurance, if there's money you don't need, that's what you would normally do with it. And as you said, Doug, part of Charles' question was, 
concerned about estate taxes. Well, life insurance is a great way to do that. Uh, Charles, you're in a very uh, fortunate position there, and uh, everyone's situation is a little bit different. Doug, there is some, if they, if Charles did decide to just gift some of his money away, there are some limits to that on an annual basis, correct? Yeah, those limits do go up every year based on inflation and so forth. But I think right now it's about – and what, what Bryce is talking about is having to pay the gift tax because as, as a giver – if you go over, I think it's like 15500 this year. Maybe it's more than that. I don't know. But it's somewhere around there. If you go over that, you'll have to, as the giver, have to pay the tax on that gift. Uh, so you can give that amount of money every single year uh, to anybody you want to, really. Uh, there's another way around that, and that's using part of your estate tax exclusion if you mm-hmm. wanted to do that. But uh, that gets a bit muddied and messy. Gotcha. All right. Well, Charles, hope that answered your question. If it doesn't and you need more clarification, then we'd welcome you to stop in. We always love uh, sitting down with clients who have more money than they know what to do with uh, because usually in those situations, they haven't made the best calls on a lot of that money. You can give us a call, 336-391-3409. Our number again, 336-391-3409. We'd be happy to sit down with you and see what uh, sage advice we might be able to provide you on any retirement planning. All right, Doug, we're going to our next question now, and this comes from William in Pofton, Poftown. 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 I'll never get right saying that right. Sorry, folks out there in that area. So William in Poftown says, Doug and Bryce, investing for retirement seems quite simple to me. Why not just invest in dividend-paying stocks, live off the dividends, and never dip into your principal? Mm. End of question. Yeah, that does seem simple, doesn't it? It does. Yeah. So companies can and will cut their dividend. So let me tell you a story. Let's rewind back to the summer of 2006. All right, 2006. One of my clients was a banker, had a very small amount of his money at that time. This fellow being, you know, retired banker, just knew everything. He had $8 million in three bank stocks, very low cost basis. I pleaded with Charles to sell some of it, diversify some of it. And he kept saying, oh, the dividends, I just can't spend it all. I mean, i got to give it away. And look at it, I'd pay tax if I, if I ended up selling this stock. And I said, well, you know, things can happen. Well, what happened just a short A year years? later. Yeah, a year later. Yeah, it started happening. So he had Bank of America, Wachovia, and BB&T. Wow. Wachovia, $8 million. Huh? $8 million. And he never did diversify he had all $8 million in just those three stocks. In those three stocks. Oh. Uh, his biggest holding was Bank of America. Okay. So by the time uh, 2008 hit and gone, his dividends had gone to nothing. His Wachovia had gone to nothing. His Bank of America got cut by, I think, an 85% valuation haircut. And his BB&T got probably cut by 60-70% of the three. The BB&T has been the best performer coming out of that mess. Now, Charles has passed on to his great reward, but uh, that is a a story for you uh, to tell you why retirement planning is not quite as simple as you think it is. What is a typical dividend these days, Doug? It's running about 3%. Running about 3%. So, William, I mean, I I guess if 
we don't we have no idea what your overall net worth is and what your expense needs are so we use software and when there's a reason we don't use just flat out dividend paying stocks as a, a diversified retirement portfolio we we wouldn't have time in this 30 minute show to go into all the reasons why that's not a sound portfolio but if 3% was simply enough for you to live off of and never touch your principal that is a that is a worthy objective to not touch your principal in retirement but there are other ways to do that there are more sound ways to do that but you are right in the concept that what can I get income-wise from my portfolio where I don't have to touch the principal? There's just uh, there's more sound ways to do it than the uh, the uh, kind of overly simplistic way you're thinking about it. But I like where your head's at and thinking along those terms. So thank you for the question, William. And again, if you want to. Um, reach out to us, 336-391-3409. We'd be happy to sit down with you in the offices, just like we told Charles, and see what additional advice we might be able to give you in a full, holistic retirement planning. Douglas, try to squeeze another one in here real quick. Victoria in Walnut Creek. Okay. I'm in my late 40s and have fallen in love with my tennis partner. We're thinking about getting married, which would obviously be great, and congratulations, Victoria. Uh, my only concern is that he's almost 60, and I'm worried about what happens if he's retired and I'm still working for another 10 years or so. Can this work financially? So, Doug, Victoria's in her late 40s, but her uh, fiancé or possible fiancé is uh, almost 60. So it's about a 10-year difference, 12-year difference there. We have a lot of clients who come in here, Victoria, who there's that age gap. We've even seen a lot greater age gaps between that. So the, the answer to your question, quite simply, can it work? Absolutely, it can work. Mm -hmm. In fact, there can be some benefits to having an age difference like that, uh, particularly that you might be working longer. So, uh, yes, you can absolutely. Doug, what, what am I missing here? What do you want to chime in? Uh, you know, I, I, I'm right with you. I mean, it can work, absolutely. Just, uh, you know, sit down and talk it out with your partner. And, uh, and with a professional. Yeah, you might want to get some counseling. Yep, so. absolutely. All right, well, Victoria, thank you very much for the question, and uh, we would love to see you in here as well, 336-391-3409. Do not consider your age difference a hindrance at all. It might just take some additional planning, but that is not some obstacle. All right, Doug, it's about time for our break, and we are going to uh, go off the beaten path a little bit here with our trivia question. Charlie Watts. Drummer of the Rolling Stones passed away this week. Very sad day. Uh, he's getting a lot of accolades from all the drummers out there. Uh, we we drummers uh, tend to stick together. Uh, he was drummer of the arguably greatest rock band of all time. I'll say arguably there, but uh, my mind is pretty made up on that. Uh, he was the drummer since 1963. He passed away this week at age 80. Doug and everybody else out there listening, what was the Rolling Stones' first big hit? And it was also their first number one U.S. hit. Was it Ruby Tuesday, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, Let's Spend the Night Together, or Paint It Black? They've got so many hits. All right, so what was the Rolling Stones' first big hit and also their first U.S. number one hit? Ruby Tuesday, I Can't Get No Satisfaction, Let's Spend the Night Together, or Paint It Black? We will have the answer for you on the other side of the break. Doug, you're scratching your head. You don't have a clue, do you? I do not. All right. <laughs> Stick tuned, folks. We'll be right back. And welcome back to the Wealth Guardians radio show. This is Bryce Payne, the producer of the Wealth Guardians, and Doug Ray, the talent of the Wealth Guardians. Thank you, folks, for sticking around through the break on this opening weekend of college football. Folks, if you are out there and you're listening and you – I want you to ask yourself, am I about five to seven years from retirement? And if you answered yes to that, then I want to make you an offer. We have a way of helping you – retire the job, yet keep the paycheck. But it takes some planning. 
and it's usually around a four-meeting planning process. There's no cost, there's no obligation for this, but we can help you make the decisions or understand what decisions need to be made the right way and the wrong way and see if any adjustments need to be done to your retirement planning so that you make no mistakes in that. All you got to do is reach out to us, 336-391-3409. That's 336-391-3409. We always look forward to sitting down with new uh, prospective clients and seeing what uh, services and help we might be able to provide as you enter that new stage of life. So again, thank you for sticking around through the break. And we've got our trivia question. Now we're going to see if we stump Doug this week. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a sad week for us drummers in rock and roll. Charlie Watts, the uh, drummer of the Rolling Stones since 1963, passed away this week. Uh, perhaps not a technically grandiose drummer like Neil Peart of Rush, but he certainly was a solid drummer. He was a jazz-based uh, drummer, and jazz-based drummers are always uh, the most solid in their timing. Passed away this week at age 80, and so our trivia question was, what was the Rolling Stones' first big hit? And, and it was also their first number one hit in the U.S. Was it Ruby Tuesday? We all know that song. Was it I Can't Get No Satisfaction? We all know that song. Was it Let's Spend the Night Together, the first song that I think they did on... Um, uh, one of the uh, talk shows in the U.S. It might have been their U.S. debut, that one. Or was it Paint It Black? You know all those, and you could just label so- list song after song after song the Rolling Stones did. Doug, what was the Rolling Stones' first U.S. hit? Well, you know, I agree with you. The Stones were one of my favorite bands, too. Um, I don't exactly remember their first favorite, the biggest hit, but uh, I'm going to guess, because it's one of my favorite songs from the Stones, is... I can't get no satisfaction. Just an absolute great song. Yes. Hard to believe that was so early in their career. That was 1965 that that Goodness hit came. gracious. And you know, I always listened to it and thought, oh, that had to have been in the 70s. Yeah, no, 1965, that song came out. So going back to Charlie Watts, good job, Doug, and everyone else who got that question right. Yes, uh, that was exactly the right answer. I can't get no satisfaction was the first hit. All those others weren't either number one hits or they came a little bit later. You know, Charlie Watts originally turned down the request to join the Rolling Stones. He was in another little band that he thought was going places, but he finally decided to take them up on the offer. Charlie had been married to his wife, Shirley, since 1964. Wow. 57 years. Shirley, if you're out there, our condolences to you, but that is what a what a powerful story that is. And uh, just as a fun little fact here, uh, Charlie had been sober since 1985 after breaking his ankle in a drunken stupor. He decided that was time. <laughs> we, we drummers got to keep our ankles uh, in good shape so all right so there's our trivia question folks congratulations if you got that right i think on the drive home today i'm gonna play that song as loud as i can there you go that is one that is meant to be turned up no question about it It all right so good job on that and doug you want to give some market updates now for the second segment before we finish off with some more listener questions all right so you know uh i guess it's been a couple months ago that i came on uh, the radio and and uh uh, even made the announcement on WPTI with KC. I'm seeing some things that trouble me in terms of long-term charts. And they've been getting, as time has gone by, they've been getting um, worse, if you will, in, in terms of what how they look like. They are, they are setting up for what looks to be like a major downturn. What has changed recently, I know it's kind of hard to believe with the markets hitting highs this week, <laughs> but we've had in the last two weeks three Hindenburg omens appear. Now you say, oh my gosh, what's a Hindenburg Omen? That sounds terrible. I'm not going to get into the detail of what it is because that's boring radio, but basically when a Hindenburg Omen occurs, it's an unbalanced condition in the market. 
let me say this, why this is important. We have never had a market crash without a Hindenburg omen. Now, we have had Hindenburg omens and not had market a market crash. crash. Gotcha. Okay? okay. But what I'm seeing is now things are set up for the market to go down. Now, I would tell everybody our clients are prepared for this. We prepare the portfolios for market downturns. We have stop losses, mm -hmm. volatility control on the equity side, the bond replacement side. The index annuities cannot go down. They have a guarantee against going down. So if you want to learn a little bit more about what we do and how we help our clients out and prepare for the next market downturn, if it's coming soon or later, come and see us. Give us a call, 336-391-3409. 336-391-3409. Doug, you, can I pick your brain here? I've never heard the term Hindenburg Omen before, and you say there's never been a market crash without at least right, one. Right. Can you go into any details about what some of these Hindenburg Omens that you're seeing? You said there were three. Yeah. Do you want to share at all what, well, what they are? I don't want to get into the details because, like I said, it's boring radio when you start talking numbers on the radio. Okay. It's essentially uh, stocks that are advancing versus stocks that are declining and the imbalance, and there's some other ratios that go into that. Okay. Uh, but it's unbalanced. The market is unbalanced sure. right now. Sure. You know, the market's hitting all-time highs, but it's only going into about a handful of different stocks like Amazon and Apple and Google and Facebook. Those stocks are driving the indexes up. Right. Now, look, folks, this market loves free money. And it's been stuffed like a pig since 2008 on free money. And it may continue to go up on free money as long as the Fed and the central bankers keep pumping it full. Mm -hmm. But it's a stuffed pig, and it will get slaughtered at some point. Mm -hmm. That is very true. All right. Yeah, never in our lifetime, Doug, have we seen the market and the economy out of sync as much as they are right now. Usually they follow each other, and last year – when the market crashed or, or took its severe downturn in February and March of last year, both the economy and the market went down, but the economy stayed down, slowly, slowly coming back up, an L, an L recovery for the economy, but the market turned around and did a V recovery. And we've never seen a separation between the economy and the market like we see right now, which means common sense would tell you at some point, the market is going to figure that out and readjust itself to fit in lines with where the economy is actually at. Am I wrong? Well, it has to. The, I mean, the big question is when. Is when, yeah, and how severely yeah. would be a second question. All right. Well, thanks for that little update, Doug. Uh, you are a, uh, a technical analyst. You uh, you have those charts in front of you all the time. So mm -hmm. I don't. I wouldn't question exactly where you're coming from on knowing some of that. That I don't uh, have the background quite in uh, to this to this point. All right. So we're going to go back to our uh, our listener questions. And and uh, we've already listened, uh, heard from uh, Charles and William and Victoria. So now we're going to move on to Gabe. Dave, we're, f we're finally getting to your question. And Gabe is in high point. And he says, Doug and Bryce, I have our retirement savings spread out between my 401k, two IRAs, a Roth, and several mutual funds purchased with after-tax dollars. So a non-qualified account there. Which account should I start withdrawing from first? There is a question that I really like. Mm -hmm. that, I was going to say, you know, I, I like this question. I like where he's going with this. There's some things in here I don't like, but yeah, um, yeah. you know, let's let's uh, let's attack the good thing first. Okay, that's the Roth. That's the Roth. He's got a Roth. I love that. Okay, absolutely. A um, couple things here I don't like seeing is I'm not a big 
believer in mutual funds. Nope, neither am I. Uh, they're expensive. Um, you know, you can buy an ETF for just about any mutual fund out there, which is a whole lot less expensive. Plus, you can buy it and sell it during the trading market day. Yep. yep. You don't have to wait till the close of business to get it. Yep. Uh, you can even hedge an ETF with options. Yep. So, you know, that's a better way to do it. Uh, your 401k, you know, if you're 59 and a half or older, you probably have the option of doing what's called an internal um, rollover. Yeah. Uh, In-service rollover, I'm sorry. And um, that would allow you to roll your 401k over to an IRA, staying in your 401k, making your contributions and getting your company matched, but this is going to allow you diversification. You've only got a handful of options right. in your 401k to invest in. That's correct. In your IRA, you've got the whole universe of investments. You also have 12B1 fees in your 401k that you can get rid of by uh, rolling that money over to an IRA. And going back to uh, – um, we, we still, we, we, we're going to answer your question here, Gabe, because I, your, your question was, which account should I start withdrawing from first? We're going to get to that. But going back to um, 401ks and the 12B1 fees, uh, the difference between a mutual fund and an ETF, another key difference – is, as Doug said, you're paying higher fees in mutual funds. Well, mutual funds are trying to beat an index, whatever that index might be that it's paralleled against. An ETF is simply mirroring, in most cases, an index. Well, you have to pay fees for that mutual fund to try to beat the index, and most mutual funds only beat their index at most around 50% of the time. Some don't even do anywhere close to that, yet you're paying that fee 100% of the time. The reason I bring this up and the reason Doug alluded to this is we are big believers here at the Wealth Guardians in a, not just setting your portfolio uh, up potentially for growth when the market goes up, but to try to eliminate fees as much as possible as well. Now, you heard us mention earlier about uh, Doug and I are football fans. Well, if, if your, your team scores seven points on the field and the other team comes back and scores seven points, well, that's the fees, Right there. The seven points your team scored is the growth. The seven points that the other team came back and scored is the fees. Well, they neutralize each other out. If you can keep the other team from only scoring a field goal, then your seven points actually meant something. And that's uh, anybody out there who's listening as a client, I've probably <laughs> used that same analogy on you many times. But the, your question was, Gabe, which account should I start withdrawing from first? And here comes Doug's and my favorite answer. It, it depends. It depends. <laughs> but it is an absolutely crucial question that you're asking, and I don't want to overlook that, and just because we can't answer it based on the information that you gave us here, it is certainly something that we consider with our retirement planning softwares that we use, and that answer might change year by year based on what tax bracket you're in, uh, what the tax law changes might be at any given point. So when we tell a client, here's the amount of money that you want to take out in this year, and uh, then we want to move to this account and take it out from this account to this degree and then take it out from this account, you've got non-qualified, you've got Roth, you've got IRA monies there, Gabe. The next year, we might have a completely different answer for you on that. So I can't give you an answer and say this is a universal truth for everyone listening out there year after year, regardless of what the tax laws are. So it depends. Yeah, it does. And you didn't tell us this, but I'm assuming you're still working. And why not use the opportunity now to do some Roth conversions? That way, in retirement, you'll have the advantage of being able to take money out tax-free. Yeah, and there's proper years to do that, and there's some years that you might not want to do that. And we help you look forward on that and figure out which years you start doing those IRA to Roth conversions. So another great point there, Doug. And another great point is that we're out of time. 
<laughs> so it's time to turn on the uh, the TV. It's on Nebraska ES- time. ESPN. See what's going on there, folks. If any of this intrigued you and you think that you might benefit from sitting down with us, we offer no cost, no obligation reviews of your portfolio. But the ball's in your court. You got to reach out to us. Three three six three nine one three four zero nine is our number. Three three six three nine one three four zero nine. Joy or Lynn will answer the phone and get you scheduled to come in and talk to us. Uh, We hope you have a great week. We hope your team wins, and uh, we hope to see you here next week as well. Take care, folks.